And welcome to Friend Whoa, Beer. whoa, 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 whoa. What? I don't think so. This is Yogi's Mid-March Festival Extravaganza. What? What are you talking okay. about? How about Yogi's Mid-March Festival Extravaganza brought to you by Friend Beers? Oh, this is that thing you wanted to do? Yeah, it is. Hey, nerds, it's that time of year again. Is this really a thing? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. So, where is this from? It says who? Okay, so anyway, we've got seven fun-filled holidays of celebrations ahead of us. Are these like some like science holidays? What What is this? I mean, technically, everything has science going on behind it. But are they like actual science holidays like to other people other than you? Some of them are. Okay. And to celebrate, we're going to talk about a recent science news story uh, for everyone inspired by that story. All right. So, so let's jump right in. Starting first with March 11th. What's that? The, the, uh, March 11th? It, well, I guess you're, you're more of a metal kid, so maybe it's, it's not your thing. But to people in a different genre of music, March 11th is well known as uh, Come On Jump. Because it's 311 Day. The band? Yeah. They're a thing. Uh, and they still have a huge following. And every March 11th, they play a huge show. And, and 311 fans from all over the world turn out. Like Juggalos? Uh, I suppose to a degree they are kind of like Juggalos. But they're anyway, like new metal fans? I suppose. Whatever you have. Punk, ska, reggae, rap or whatever you want to call 311. Um, but I don't think that there's too much about that holiday for us to dwell on. But adjacent to 311, I want to talk about um, legalization of marijuana. Uh, a lot has been going on talking about CBD and vaping. Um, so I thought this would be a good opportunity for us to d- delve into that. Yeah. So let's take the pulse of the nation. So right now, uh, 11 states are fully legalized that you can just walk into a dispensary and buy marijuana without any medical uh, certification or card or anything. Um, Most other states have some kind of decriminalization or medical program. And at the moment, there's only three states where it's still completely illegal. Although we need to recognize that it is still federally illegal. And at any point in time, uh, you know, the DEA could decide to enforce whatever they like. Oh, so they just want their hand in the pie. Um, well, you're getting ahead of us with pie. But, um, yeah, oh, I, suppose no. to, I, I suppose to a degree. Um, in recent news, uh, the Mexican Senate voted to completely legalize it in Mexico. So Party. who knows? <laughs> I suppose. Who knows what kind of impact that would have? Um, the U.N., is uh, scheduled to have a conversation sometime soon to reduce its recommendations in terms of enforcement and in terms of, you know, uh, actually the schedule which they consider uh, marijuana to be. That actually recently got delayed. Um, So, but that's something that's on their docket to talk about soon. All right. Uh, Florida, uh, it is currently medically legal, but they're currently talking about reducing the limit of how strong the weed could be. Um, And that's something that they say uh, there is absolutely data that says that uh, THC can be dangerous to developing minds. So, you know, teenagers shouldn't be smoking pot. It's bad for them. There's lots of data to support this. Um, And so by limiting how strong, by limiting how strong the weed could be, at least then Florida says, you know, if we go slow on this, what, what's, uh, was really the downside of that. Um, in addition to, to that, CBD, I, I'm sure I don't need to tell anybody. I don't, I'm not prepared to talk about CBD uh, and all of the, the benefits it has or the various different ways that people could ingest it, but it's, it's wildly popular. I don't think you'd live in the United States today and not recognize that there's a lot of people using it. Yeah, um, I, I know a few people myself that use that, so... 
Yeah, and if nothing else, it's it's clearly helping people with um with anxiety. It helps some people sleep, um, and it certainly is demonstrated to help certain people who have certain types of seizures. So. Uh, well, some people like to make a joke about it and there might be some other people who are worth making fun of. Um, CBD certainly does have its place. Gotcha. Um, vaping is huge. And so there's two diseases that in the past 12 months, um, one's called E-Voli, which is E-V-A-L-I, E-Cigarette and Vaping Associated Lung Injury. And the second one is VARDS, V-A-R-D-S. Uh, vaping-associated respiratory disease, which is allegedly a much more advanced form of EVALI. Um, you may remember uh, circa last summer, um, there was a lot of, th- there was a couple deaths. Um, yeah, I, I think remember that. A- actually, several dozen. And those were all tied to vaping. And there was this period of a couple months where there was a lot of confusion. And to be honest, I think that the confusion is still extending till today. Um, and I mentioned this in a previous friend beers episode, but it's worth mentioning that there's no data to support that there's anything other than black market marijuana vape cartridges that had vitamin E acetate in them that were tied to that. All right. There's, there's no data to suggest that anything that was legally being sold, whether it was nicotine or THC, um, was causing that issue. It's still smoking something, uh, or not smoking. It's still vaping something. It's still ingesting, uh, some sort of chemicals. So it certainly has its downside, but, uh, to be fair, there's no data to suggest that anything that's been regulated is a problem. And that's a big problem for a lot of people who say that they have successfully given up smoking by using, uh, products such as Juul and other devices uh, so that they can vape nicotine. Yeah, I know a few people like that. Uh, it's still smoking. It's still smoking to me. Yeah, uh, the, there's a couple phrases that people use uh, to describe it. It's harm reduction. So it's not, you know, completely eliminating things. Um, you still are dependent on something but it's certainly far better for the body. And there's currently legislation to even ban different flavors. Um, So I think that's one of the interesting things that there's these vape shops all over the place and they sell, you know, dozens or hundreds of flavors of nicotine vapes. Um, People are saying that, you know, any flavors are bad because that attracts kids. Um, Since we last spoke, the age for buying any kind of uh, tobacco product has been raised to 21 uh, and that'll be going into effect in a couple months. People are going to um, be mad. Yeah, they are. And I think they have some reason behind it. Because if you only make it, if you raise the age, and if you successfully limit what age people you're selling it to, then you know there's there's no justification for getting rid of all those flavors for the people who depend on that so that they can avoid smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I got you. So now right. is... 311 the only holiday you said extravaganza i don't i don't know what you mean by that yeah so i I like to celebrate a seven day stretch from uh 311 through 317 so we got one for every day so so strap in so Um, a while (laughs) yeah you have a lot of fun in front of you um so the next one's march 12th um what's this this isn't i've never heard of this uh, well, it, I, I'll be honest. This one's not really a holiday per se. Um, but in, uh, in 2011, on March 12th, the Fukushima Daiichi power plant in Japan, uh, it's a yeah. nuclear power plant. Yeah, there was a, uh, there was a tsunami. There was an earthquake that caused a tidal, uh, not a tidal wave, but a tsunami, um, which uh, destroyed the power plant. And it created a really bad situation. There's a lot of uh, radioactive material that has gone into the ocean as a result of this. That's insane. It is pretty insane. Is this still effective today? Like, is there still a mess in the ocean? It's still effective today. And it, we, uh, scientists have actually tracked how that radioactive material has actually dispersed around the world through the oceans. Um 
in so you're one saying sentence. Godzilla is possible. Um, I I wouldn't say it's impossible. Sick. So I was use, I wanted to use this opportunity. Um, you know, so I maintain as a scientist that nuclear power is safe. Um, nuclear power itself is very safe. If you live next door next door to a nuclear power plant, uh, you don't have anything to worry about. However, two things. One is it relies on people and people are unpredictable. And that's why you have mistakes like, uh, like 40 years ago, there was three mile Island in Pennsylvania where there was a nuclear meltdown. Um, there was also, uh, there's, there's been several, um, but also you have, you depend on things like events of nature. So here, No one, no one could have predicted this. This was a, one of the best nuclear power plants in the world. It, the, the uh, you know, the Japanese government was very good about regulating it. It was built to code. It was everything it was supposed to be. And then there was an earthquake. So. And then it got uh-huh. destroyed. It got destroyed, and radioactive material definitely has moved all over the world through the oceans as a result. Nice. But so let's keep it on the topic of green energy. Um, in late 2019, the largest solar power plant uh, or uh, largest solar farm um, in Europe, the Nunez de Balboa, uh, opened in Spain. Um, you said it's, it's the biggest in Europe. Is that the biggest in the world? How does it compare? So it's about 2,500 acres big. Uh, it generates about 500 megawatts of power, um, and it serves about a quarter of a million customers in Spain. Um, it's just shy of being in the top 10 biggest solar farms in the world. Uh, when you look at the top 10, most of them are in China, India, and the United Arab Emirates. Um, number seven is in Mexico, and numbers nine and 10 are in California in the U.S., um, Okay. What's cool about this new one is that it has more advanced solar panels, so it uses a smaller area uh, overall and serves more customers than most of those in the top ten. So, in terms of bang for your buck or use of square square uh, square mileage, that's crazy. Yeah, Um, and so we're at the point now where the global capacity of uh, utility scale photovoltaic plants is somewhere around a hundred gigawatts which that's about one and it's a little bit less than one and a half percent of the global power that's used uh around the world that's insane i did not know any of that yeah so let's give you uh an alternate reason to celebrate on march 12th in case uh nuclear power and solar power is not your thing that's also that that's also the anniversary of when the Girl Scouts were funded, founded. Whoa, so, like the cookies? Just like the cookies. And they got some new wicked flavors this year. Uh, have you had the s'mores one? No, I got to check those out. And for our for our gluten-free friends, there's one that has um, toffee in it. Uh, and it's actually really, really good. Nice. Did you stock up this year? Nah, just one box of Thin Mints and one box of the s'mores. And I tried the one with the toffee. Keeping it uh locale, locale. Uh, I you know I. The way to be in charge of your weaknesses is to not put yourself in the position where you're gonna have to fight those weaknesses. Yeah, I just got a bag of Doritos and put them in the house. I'm a little scared. Yeah, it's a dangerous thing. All right, but, so uh, let's so let's move on to the next day. Yeah, okay. Let's let's see what this one is. March thirteenth. Um. In defense of your skepticism of this whole uh, week-long extravaganza, this one arguably also not a real holiday. Um, but but I March... thought it was a extravaganza, like a festival extravaganza. How, if you're gonna say this is a holiday, how is it not a holiday? First annual, baby. All right. We're starting new traditions. Solid. So um. On March 13th in 1781, William Herschel discovers Uranus. My anus. I actually really go to efforts to pronounce it Uranus so that we don't set up that joke. But yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then uh, 50 years later, uh, Clyde W. Tumbaugh, uh, an American, discovers Pluto. Um, you might remember that a lot of people debated whether Pluto's a planet or not. Um, I have. Yeah, uh, where do we friend... stand now? Uh, well, Pluto's a dwarf planet. Um, so either Pluto, if Pluto's a planet, then so is about six other dwarf planets. So you got a lot more to memorize if you want to memorize all the planets. Yeah, I'm good. Or, or you can just accept that it's a dwarf planet. Um, my very educated mother just served us nachos. Um, but so I have a friend, he's an astronomer. He's, he's pretty old and, uh, he is devout, uh, believer that, uh, Pluto is a planet. And part of that is because it was, dis- it's the only planet that was discovered by an American, uh, Clyde W. Tumbaugh, who is definitely a cool dude. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about some people who are living similar things or you're doing similar great work to him in, in a couple uh, days down this list. Okay. Um, but so while we're talking about the planets of the solar system, let's talk about Mars because there's actually a lot going on there in the past couple weeks and in the coming months. Okay. Um, the first big deal is that organic molecules were found. Uh, it appears that um, the Curiosity rover, uh, which landed there, I think it was 2011, um, it found thiophenes. What's that? Is that on Earth? Like yeah. It's, so th- it's a molecule or something? It is a molecule. Um, thiophenes. Uh, organic molecules means that it's made up of carbon and hydrogen. It probably has some nitrogen in it. Uh, it f- often forms rings. Um, and so thiophenes are found in like coal or oil, which if you know your science, you know that coal and oil just came from, you know, dead dinosaurs. So um, some scientists are looking into this as being an indicator that there might have once been life on Mars. Um, so when the when the Curiosity rover landed in 2011, uh, it landed near this crater. Uh, craters are formed by things that crashed into the planet. And so it dug down into the crater and it, it took a soil sample and um, it processed that. And so it actually discovered this back in 2018, but that paper was just published last week. So it's just come out to the public now. Um, That's why. The molecule, the molecule thiophenes are uh, also found in truffles. Are you a fan of truffles? What is that, like a mushroom? It, truffles are like mushrooms. They're technically not mushrooms. Um, they're found in like uh, Italy and Croatia, um, and you can uh, you can make an oil out of it, and it, it really has a really distinct taste. And they make French fries a lot more delicious and a lot more expensive. Gotcha, gotcha. I've had those. Um, Curiosity also took the most uh, high res panoramic photo yet. Uh, I'll post that up on my Twitter so you guys can see it. Uh, it's yeah. it's 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 a really great photo. And what's your Twitter um, name? Uh, that's at Yogi Revan. Y O G I R E B E N. Solid. I'll follow you. Um, and uh, there's a new Mars rover, and we knew that there was going to be a new Mars rover. People are really excited about this one. It's friggin' huge. Like the other Mars rovers are more like kind of big remote control cars. Whereas this one is more like something you, I mean, there's not a place for a person to sit in because there's no people on Mars to drive it around. Yeah. But uh, it is as big as a car. If they, if they put a seat on it, you could definitely sit on it. Um, and so they, it's a really popular thing these days to have a contest to try and name something. Um, and so they had a contest and there was finalists, there was judges, there was all this big pomp and circumstance. Uh you want you want to take any guesses as to what the name was? Uh, the winning the winning name, Michael. Uh, I thought you would say like a Rover McRover face. Um, that seems to be one of the most popular submissions whenever anybody has a contest to name <laughs> these things. Um, they've actually named it Perseverance. Uh, they're gonna go, they're gonna call it Percy for short. Like the um, Hatebreed album. 
yes. Yeah. Jamie Josta. Yeah. That that's Hayfried, right? Yeah. Look at me, I know stuff. Hey. Uh Warp Tour nineteen ninety seven. Solid, solid. I think that was that was the last time they played before I just saw them in twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Anyway. Oh moving, really? Yeah. Moving forward. That's um, another conversation. So Percy will launch uh, later this summer, um, and it'll land in February. So it'll take it uh, about six months to, to get to Mars, and then hopefully it'll be doing new cool stuff. And then we'll have, uh, I believe it's a total of four rovers driving around Mars. Nice. Uh, if you need an alternate reason to celebrate, I also like to refer to March 13th as Detroit Day. Why? got to represent the 313 all right i'll take that all right so the next one actual holiday march 14th do you know this one uh it's a number it is a number right it's well, one of the numbers that i don't remember why it's a number it's like 911 or something no uh so this is pi day oh okay 3.14 all right, now I remember. Three point one four one five nine. Nope. Uh, you're not cool unless you can do it to. I don't know. That's how. That's only how many digits I can do it to. <laughs> um. So people all over the world, or uh, that's actually probably a bad way to describe it. People all over America love to celebrate March 14th as Pi Day. Um, and that's because in the rest of the world they don't write the date the same way as us. They would write 14 slash 3. Yeah. Don't we make everything a little bit more difficult by making it our own? Yeah. I actually really like the way the rest of the world does it if I'm being, uh, you know, if I get a vote. But uh, I'll gotcha. explain that some other time. Um, the rest of the world would celebrate Pi Day on July 22nd. Okay. Because 22 over 7 is an even closer approximation than 3.14. Oh, okay. All right. I can tell you're just loving this. So in 1988, <laughs> in 1988 was the first time that somebody actually celebrated Pi Day. Uh, it happened at the San Francisco Exploratorium where Larry Shaw was working as a physicist. And he, uh, you know, saw it as an opportunity to celebrate circles. I always thought this holiday was about eating pie, like the pie you eat. Oh, well, it is. Even at the the first pie day, uh, they consumed fruit pies. Uh, pies have always been a part, uh, you know, high school math departments uh, all around the, the country uh, celebrate pie day and eat some pies. And it doesn't hurt that pies uh, are circles. Good point. Good point. So the Exploratorium in San Francisco still has them to this day. Uh, in 2009, the House of Representatives uh, passed a resolution recognizing March 14th as Pi Day. So I, I don't know. I guess it's official. Got the government involved. <laughs> We're good to go. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought this would be a good opportunity to discuss math. It's it. I feel like it would be hard to make any math news story exciting. Um, yeah, I'm not the know. audience for that either. Did you know that there's still some people searching for the solution to for Matt's last theorem? I have no idea what that is. That's why we're not going to talk about a true math story. But I thought I, I would share these two little stories that uh, are definitely in, uh, inspired by, by math uh, oh. that would be Im impossible without people who study math and patterns. And they both have to do with like computer programming. Well, you got my ears. You might as well go on with that story. So the first one is a new product which has been uh, unveiled called the Coral Manta. All right. It's a robot lifeguard. Lifeguard? Like in a pool? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have a pool, what you do is you put these different scanners around the pool. And what it does is it uses facial recognition software to scan people as they walk into the pool. And it learns who those people are. And it, rem and it keeps track of where they are in the pool. And anybody who goes under the water for more than 15 seconds, uh, an alarm goes off. Like Terminator? I, I, yeah, I, 
I'm not going to say no. It definitely is a little scary as all of this, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like home automation becomes more and more real. Um, We also would have accepted iRobot. (laughs) (laughs) Or 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm sorry. I can't save that person from the drowning pool. How? Ooh, that's dark. Um, you know, so at the moment, all it will do is set off an alarm if anybody's underneath for 15 seconds. But you can see where maybe there could be, I don't know, a robot arm or something that swims over if uh, if, a, if a person is struggling. So, you know, it, pools are one of the biggest killers uh, in terms of accidents every year. Uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's around number ten reasons why people accidentally die. Um, so pools not very safe. Safer um, than a trampoline. You, I'll need to look at the data. I'll come back to you on that one. All right, thanks. Okay. The other little story I wanted to talk about in celebration of Pi Day. All right, is, there's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you know about uh, CRISPR and gene therapy? Uh, CRISPR is where I leave my vegetables in the fridge. Not bad. That's good. For something that's not planned, I, I, I give you credit on that one. Um, so CRISPR spelled C R I S P R, um, is a method by which people have been developing gene therapy, uh, or gene therapeutics for people. So this is different than drugs. Um, in order to cure some diseases. Um, It's pretty crazy, to be honest with you. Gene therapies are great for a lot of reasons. One is because they're curing things that were never curable before. And in some cases, they're not necessarily curing them. They're just helping treat the people. Um, But they're way more successful. Um, Gene therapy is something that's been worked on since the late 80s, and only just now in the past couple of years are we starting to see stuff get approved by the FDA and actually be put into use. A traditional drug is a drug that you make and you can give to people. Okay. Gene therapy is really different. In conventional gene therapy, each cure is specific to the person that you're going to give it to. Oh, okay, okay. So if a person had a certain disorder that there was a gene therapy cure for, again, in conventional gene therapy, what you would that person would do is either give a blood sample or maybe a bone marrow uh, donation, and the scientists would modify the genes in that and then inject it back into the person. Um, and for anything that's genetically caused, this has been found to be a way that it teaches the body to not have that problem anymore because that blood sample or bone marrow sample goes back into the body with the modified DNA and then it fixes itself. And because the samples from the person themselves, the immune system doesn't reject it. So it could even like cure the common cold. Um, It could we're not there yet. Right now we're focusing on things that are caused by people's genetics, whereas the common cold is a virus that you catch. But I'm, right. glad that you, I'm glad that you mentioned that because the way you do this gene modification is by introducing viruses into the body. Um, it's not viruses that make you sick. There's actually there's so many species of viruses, um, and one particular kind is called a lentivirus. The lentivirus doesn't make you sick. Um, And so what they do is they take this lentivirus and they give it some uh, pre-coded RNA and then they send that in into this blood sample or whatever. And then they that modifies the DNA of the person in order to give it the desired characteristics. I got you. For some of these things, which there's a lot that are about livers and kidneys, um, some congenital uh, eye disorders, like people who are born blind. Um, A lot of those things to treat them in conventional ways cost over the course of that uh, patient's life, millions of dollars total. Yeah. And maybe not paid by that, um, by that patient, by a combination of insurance companies um, and, you know, 
beneficial groups, benefactors. Um, but gene therapies, oftentimes in one or two treatments that cost a total of, you know, half a million dollars, we're seeing results that are way better than those traditional therapies ever accomplished. Okay. So it's a lot of money. And right now it's only some rare uh, congenital diseases, but it is, uh, it does have a lot of promise for the future. This past week, uh, they did a, uh, a surgery where actually they didn't even bother to take the sample from the person. All they did was they made a small cut behind a guy's retina in his eye. Mm-hmm. And they put in three drops of pre-coded RNA into a, uh, a harmless virus. And with the hopes of seeing if that can cure the blindness that that guy actually had for, you know, 70 something years that he's been alive. And what's the outcome? Uh, it just happened last week. We're all going to wait and see. Exciting. That's really exciting. I mean, I hope it works out. Yeah. So do we all, and it would be a great indicator of what's possible for the future. Um, gene therapy is, is something that you're going to continue to hear a lot about in years to come. Nice. Nice. Now, but I think I know this next one. Okay, great. Give it a shot. It's the Ides of March. That's right. And what is the Ides of March? Not a clue. All right. Well, I'll give you credit for for recognizing it. Uh, The Ides of March, um, for some reason, the Ides means the middle of a month. Like, so the middle date of every month is the Ides. I don't understand that part. This is mad old. Um, but the Ides of March was the day that Julius Caesar was killed. Um, ah, right. That's where I remember this from. I believe he was warned by Tiresias, the blind seer. Uh, beware the Ides of March. Maybe he should have those DNA drops or the RNA drops in his eye. Maybe he should. Um, you know, it was that was always like a great piece of irony. Like, you know, even though he's the only one who could see who couldn't see, he's the only one who could see what was coming in the future. What a story. I mean, I'm not only a science nerd. I'm just the all-around nerd. Um, so since it's the Ides of March, and since it's something you should beware, I thought we should talk about what everybody's currently pretty wary of, the uh, coronavirus. Oh, right, yeah. That's going on. Uh, the coronavirus, which is called by some as uh, COVID-19, um, by others as SARS-2. Um, it's, uh, it's a virus. I mean, so coronavirus is a type of virus. There are other coronaviruses that have existed. Um, Do and they make you drunk at all? No, sadly, no. Dang. Um, some coronaviruses give you like the common cold. Um, the common cold is, is really a misnomer because some of them are rhinoviruses. Um, like the animal. Yeah. And because, you know, it, 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 it infects your nose. So it's the rhino virus. Oh, so like a sinus infection. Kind of. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm learning. So, um, there's also other versions of the coronavirus, like SARS, which in the early 2000s uh, was a pretty big deal. And then MERS, which was another coronavirus around 2010. I don't remember the exact year. Um, but those are just other versions of the coronavirus. So the coronavirus that we're dealing with right now um, is, is pretty bad. I mean, they're all bad in different ways. Um, it's spread via coughs and sneezes, handshakes. Um, so it's important that you wash your hands. Um, I think the funniest thing that I've seen online is the people who are like, I'm really disturbed by the fact that I go to the supermarket and don't see any soap on the shelves because were these people not washing their hands the whole time? (laughs) Yeah. I've seen a lot of people not wash their hands. Um, and I mean, 
you should wash your hands. And I want to be honest, when you go to the bathroom, you're not washing your hands necessarily just because you touched your penis or your vagina or you got poop on your hands. But if any of those things are true, you should. But you're washing your hands because you just being clean you're in the room that has plumbing if you wash your hands a couple times throughout the day even if you didn't have to touch yourself to pee and poop then it would still be a good idea to wash your hands a couple times a day yep i'm with that um so please wash your hands um why is uh coronavirus uh this strain of it so uh such a problem one reason is because the incubation period seems to be somewhere between like five and 14 days. Um, and that's a long time. So that means people are sick and they just don't know it yet. Um, most people who get it recover in a few days. Um, it seems that it is the most serious for people as they get older. Um, people over 60 have a little bit to worry about if they have other effects. People over 70 and certainly over 80 uh, need to be very careful with this one because that's where it's really starting to have like a 10% and 20% morbidity rate. Um, there's no vaccine for it. It's not easy to develop a vaccine. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on um, in the, the the episode that you aired uh, last week, I think it was, yeah. um, where we talked about how you make vaccines. It's not easy to do that stuff, man. It no. It takes... It takes a year in the best case scenario. Sometimes a vaccine's just not something that really comes to light. Sometimes it's really hard to do. Um, if you if you were at high risk, like if you went to Korea or China or northern Italy, you should probably quarantine yourself um, to see if you develop any symptoms. Um, if you think you are a carrier, you should go to a hospital and demand a test kit. Uh, those things seem to have been in low supply in the past couple of weeks. Um, there's a lot of politics and nonsense behind that. I don't want to get into that bit. But uh, starting uh, Monday, March 9th, quest labs is going to have that test available new york city has developed its own test um and it seems the cdc has gotten their test uh corrected which is one of the reasons why we have the shortages of tests um people are saying that it will go away as the weather gets warmer there's some truth to that but it can't be relied on um it does die uh you know in in, in warmer weather but we shouldn't think that it's going to go away when it gets warmer out or that if you live in a tropical place that you're not at risk um, because it already had an outbreak in Australia and it was summer there and it had an outbreak in Singapore which is tropical um, and SARS-1 happened over the course of the summer so we can't we shouldn't be so overconfident that uh it's not a big deal or anything. So I can still go outside with my hair wet. You can still go outside with your hair wet. That's never been a cause for anybody getting sick. Solid. Um, the good news on this one is that kids seem... Uh, okay, so uh, kids seem just as likely to be infected as anybody else. But the good news is that they're generally not showing symptoms. Uh, when they do, it's not so bad. And there's no documented case to date, and let's hope it stays that way, of kids having complications. Um, of course, I have to mention, like, you know, especially people with weakened immune systems are going to be at higher risk than people with uh, normal immune systems. Gotcha. The really bad thing about this one compared to SARS, like, so SARS or MERS, if you got that, you got really sick. And you had to go to an emergency room. And at their heights, they only infected a couple thousand people total. That's still a huge number to me. The coronavirus that we're dealing with right now has already infected tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. There's been hundreds or thousands of, of deaths. Um, so it's certainly more dangerous than the flu, as we're used to it, influenza virus. Um 
but even that varies year to year. So it's hard to make a comparison. Also, we don't know how many people have the coronavirus if we're not testing them. Um, the United States has really been behind on doing those tests. There's a theory that it's actually been uh, passed around substantially in the Seattle area for the past six weeks. And they just didn't have a whole lot of people with complications and they thought they were just treating the flu. So in closing on this one, wash your hands, motherfuckers. A chance to, to take a, a guess at this one. Wait, this is 316 Stone Cold Steve Austin day? Because Stone Cold said so. Look at you. You know, I think he actually got that from some guy named John. John? I don't know, John 316. But, oh, well, Jake the Snake did. Um, Is there anything you want to tell us about Stone Cold while we're here? Uh, He will be on Raw on 316-2020 because 316 day is on a Monday. That's exciting. Right? Yeah. What a, t- what a time to not have cable. So I want to enter into the Stone Cold Steve Austin lightning round. We got a bunch of stories I just wanted to share a little bit on. Um, First, did you know that we have another moon? No. I only know the one. Everybody's been used to us having one moon. It turns out uh, on Valentine's Day, um, there was a pair of guys named Casper Weirchos and uh, Teddy Prune who discovered uh, what is now being called 2020 CD3. All right. It's about uh, it's, it's about as big as a car. And they believe it's been orbiting the Earth for about a year and a half or two years. And we just noticed this now? And we just noticed this now. I mean, it's not that big. It's like the size of a car. Um, is it going to uh, crash into us at all or what? No, it'll probably just get flung off into space and keep going. Oof. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's technically called a moonlet. Like a little baby Pokemon moon? Yeah, but everybody seems to prefer to call it the mini moon. Yeah, I'll take it. And uh, this probably happens a lot more than we've ever noticed before. Um, just, you know, telescopes are getting a lot better. And uh, there's a lot more nerds with a lot better telescopes all over the world looking for this kind of shit. Okay. Um, next story. We discovered animals who don't breathe. What? Yeah, like, so part of the definition, if you, if you paid attention in biology class, part of the definition of a living thing uh, is that it uh, undergoes respiration, which means it breathes in and out. Um, and, you know, all things do this, and especially animals. So uh, they discovered uh, an animal. It's a parasite named Henaguia salminicola. And uh, it, they have been studying it for a couple years now, and they've come to the conclusion that it doesn't require aerobic respiration in order to survive. Okay. Um, crazy. Yeah, it's a parasite that lives in salmon, and it causes a skin disease in the salmon, but it doesn't kill them or anything. It just it gives them like a milky colored skin. Gross. It's very gross. Yeah. Um, so this is a re- revelation that may change the way we, how we understand life. Evolution, I guess. Yeah. Why? Um, we found dinosaur DNA. Yeah. Um, you know, so for fans of Jurassic Park, people always thought that we would do this one day. We would find like a mosquito that had dinosaur blood and it was frozen in amber. Um, the, the reality of the science or what we've believed to be the reality of the science is that DNA just naturally breaks down over time. So at most it would live thousands of years or tens of thousands of years, at most hundreds of thousands of years. But when you're talking about dinosaurs, you're talking about 65 million years ago. It, it's it's quite a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so there's a duck-billed dinosaur, um, and inside its skull, they found something. They're not they're not proclaiming it to definitely be dinosaur DNA, but you can tell that they really want to. They said it looks like DNA. 
it acts like DNA, and we found it inside this dinosaur skull we found in Montana. <laughs> Do we get any oil from it? We may have gotten some oil from the rest of his body, but the important part is that, you know, some of his brain or whatever, or her brain, uh, you know, stuck around inside that skull. And that's crazy. Well, it is crazy. It's crazier if somebody tries to clone a dinosaur. Yeah. I'm waiting for the day. I want to go to that park. I'll get eaten. I'll sign the way. Uh, next story. Uh, they found Chlamydia's cousin. Huh? So uh, chlamydia is a sexually transmitted infection. An okay. STI. An STI. Um, and so they found uh, an organism that appears to be related to it. And, you know, somewhere, is, you know, you're speaking of evolution, somewhere, sometime in the past, they must have branched off from each other. Um, it behaves very differently. So this one actually lives in the really cold water up in the Arctic. And it's just a, it's a, it's a parasite that lives off of like plankton and shit. Gross. But it's Very related gross. to, but it's re- related to chlamydia, which really beckons the question: How did chlamydia come to be this disease that's passed on from person to person? As long as it don't burn my dick, I'm good. <clears throat> yeah. Um, this last one, uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to your homeboy Hecker. Oh, with Heck Dynasty. Heck Dynasty. Um, Twenty. You got where are my pitches at? That's right. Um, he, 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 he shared this story with me. Uh, sharks love jazz music and they hate shark jazz and they hate classical music. Wow. Okay. Uh, that, that's all I've got on that story, but there's some scientists somewhere who's doing this work and it's important, you know, that they're doing this is really important research that they're doing. Of course. So how are you doing? Are you are you you're six days into the extravaganza? Are you feeling bloated? A little have bit. You been, have you been indulging a little bit too much into some of that leftover pie from Pie Day? Definitely. There's apple, cherry, pineapple. I don't even want to get into that. Yeah, I pretty much only do apple pie, like with some like hot with some ice cream or chocolate pudding pie. That that's. That's where I draw the line with pie. Uh. But that brings us to the big culmination of this. Um, there's another Pat- one? Is this the there's, last there's one? Last day. Uh, it, everybody's Irish on St. Patty's Day, mate. Um, so March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, it was also the day that element number 98, Californium, was discovered in 1950. All right. And it was also the day that the first solar-powered satellite uh, was launched. It was Vanguard 1 in 1958. Ah, I knew you'd come. That's me. That's a wrestling reference. Moving on. All right. Um, So in honor of Vanguard 1 in 1958, uh, I want to talk about some other satellites. Um, So Voyager 2. Uh, the satellite of satellites. Uh, Voyager 2 was launched in 1979 uh, to investigate the outer planets, and it did its job. Um, It didn't see Pluto, just because of how its trajectory went, but it did see uh, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. And then it kept going, and it kept working. And so here we are 40 years later, and it's exited what we consider to be the solar system, and it's now in interstellar space. That's spooky. Space freaks it, me out. Um, it has a record on it. Yeah, what record? It has a, uh, it has a gold record, and it has a couple songs that it, you know, that NASA felt represented the human race in case it's ever like found by aliens, you know, in. 10 years or 20 years or a hundred years or a thousand years or a hundred thousand years or millions of years from now. And there's, there's all these weird drawings like showing what a person was um, and showing where we are in relation to our nearby stars. 
And then that's how it begins. I think it has Rollover Beethoven by the Beatles. Huh. Like, that's that's the song they chose. Will um, be Pumpa for that. Pumped. Yeah. So it's 11 billion miles away from Earth. And uh, the, the news story here is that uh, starting on Monday, March 9th, we lost communication with Voyager 2 for the next 11 months. And then we get it back? What's the deal with that? Fingers crossed. I mean, in general, it takes such a long time for a message to get sent from Voyager 2 to Earth and then for us to make decisions based on that and to send a message back to it that it's making decisions on its own in terms of, you know, if it has to change anything about itself, rotate um, or do anything. And they're going to be doing some upgrades to the satellite on Earth that talks to it. So they, uh, they're going to they're, they're gonna lose contact until next February. Damn. <coughs> um, much closer to home, there's a lot of space junk surrounding our planet. You know, we've been sending up satellites for the math 60 years now, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And uh, they build up and then eventually they stop working, but they still keep orbiting the Earth. There's a scene in, in Wally where they, they blast off from the planet and they just sort of crash through all of these this wall of satellites. Yeah. Um, and we're getting to the point where that's almost kind of real and not so funny. Um, so it still uh, is working in terms of sending and receiving information, but its little rocket thrusters died. Um, that's fine. But you can't control which way it's pointing if you can't control the rocket thrusters. Um, and it's not like these things are all designed the same, that you can just have something go up to it and dock with it and move it around. Um, so Grumman, based, uh, Long Island-based company, uh, they basically designed a little like a little tugboat friend for it. Oh, so it's that's gonna cute. Go- yeah, it's going to go up and wrap its arms around it. And it's going to stick a probe up into the, uh, the the rocket thruster hole. Nice. And uh, and it's gonna it's gonna orient it wherever it needs to go and live with it for at least another five years, but potentially ten or fifteen. Wow. All right. So, the the wonders of modern science. So now, this is. We have to celebrate these days. Are you going to post about them on these dates? Yeah, sure. Where on uh, Twitter and Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the handle's the same on both of them. That's at Yogi Rebin, Y O G I R E B E N. All um, right. And let's not forget that that you know, uh, March seventeenth is St. Pat's. So, in honor of friend beers, and thank you guys for hosting me. Uh, <laughs> Tilt one back with me, dog. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Yogi. We'll uh, keep in touch. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the holiday extravaganza. Later, nerds.